Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Oh, it's just beautiful. I'm, I feel so peaceful. That house band has totally interpreted this show musically. Absolutely. Welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, could you make a career out of playing blackjack? Mike Aponte, the world's greatest blackjack player, is right here with us to tell us how. It involves more than counting to 21. Also, nutritionist Allison Rue ponders Paula's diet. How healthy are dinners of Double Stuff Oreos and Diet Pepsi? You might be surprised. No, you probably won't be. I'm Adam Felber, your croupier of common sense. And now, please welcome the woman who always throws the dice off the table, even when she's playing poker, Paula Poundstone. Well, thank you very much. Welcome, Paula, and thank you to tonight's house band flautist, Diana Morgan. Now, are you a flutist or a flautist, Diana? Well, in America, I'm a flutist, and in Canada, I'm a flautist. Oh, that must make the transition difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so when she goes across the border, she goes... Yeah, it's got to be. It's a painful... Also, it's a weird inversion of the whole about a boot thing, because here you say flautist and about, and there you say flutist and a boot. It's true, I've no... No explanation for that. I hadn't even thought about that. No. I just, to me, flautist sounds a little on the highfalutin sound <laughs> side. That's uh, where I come from. It's pronounced highfalutin. I, yeah, it is a little highfalutin. Um, so, yeah, I'm much more comfortable with flutist. Frankly, if she was a flautist, I wouldn't have her in here. All right. Let me, let me redo her intro. Thank you to tonight's house band flutist, Diana Morgan. Nice. Right. That, see, I feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Is Diana Morgan the name of Wonder Woman in the movie? Diana something. Diana. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. I don't I think know. it's Morgan. No, it's, it's not. It's not. like Reeves. No, no Diane Reeves is some... Re- no. no. I don't no. know. But I am... Okay. Yeah. Well, I Paula, I want to start us off with some breaking news from Hungary. And I'm not kidding. Breaking news from Hungary. We got an email from Professor Joseph Horvath, who writes, quote, you want an accent or not? I can't do a Hungarian accent. Um, I think I can claim the prize for running the first European university course featuring the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone podcast. For short. <laughs> this is his joke, not mine. He's teaching a course in listening and speaking skills for English as a foreign language. And we, you and me, are part of the syllabus. Wow. That is high praise. It is really high praise. I can imagine. That, so they're learning... They're learning English. They're learning how to talk. Uh, how to sp- how to talk. Uh, they're they're learning how to talk good speaking, like you. Yeah. Speaking skills. Speak good. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine they say fuck a lot if they're listening to well, our show. Once they start, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, they probably started with wait, wait, don't tell me, and then we, they started yeah. listening to us and thought, 
what the fuck is going on? Yeah. First they thought yeah. it was a... Con- yeah. Because I like to use all the words that I know right. in English. Um, wow, that is very high praise. I have... Uh, what is it? Yosef? Uh, well, yes, it's probably Yosef. Okay. I have bad news for Yosef, um, which is he said that uh, he thought he would uh, claim a prize. We have no prize for that. You know, as flattered as I am, that's, that's, I haven't yet created a trophy. For the first European university course featuring nobody listens to Paula Poundstone podcast. And he but wait a minute. I have an idea. Put on a trophy. The p- I could. P- 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 <laughs> oh, no. I can do a balloon animal. We established last of, week you can't. Of a trophy. This is for, uh, was it, Joseph? This is for uh, the, uh, the, cl- the prize for running the first European university course featuring Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone podcast. Hold on. Professor Horvath, I want to apologize in advance for this because (laughs) in point of fact, Paula Poundstone can barely inflate a spherical balloon and tie it off. Not true. And and I mean barely. Well, you were listening to, the reason I got to speak such a long sentence is because she was really huffing and puffing to fill that thing up. No, no, I was working out all day so I could do this. Now, um, originally I was going to make a bush baby eating a Tic Tac, but I've changed it into a picture of a professor teaching a Hungarian class um, uh, uh, speaking English based on our podcast. That is not what that is. Can you see that? that, No. Can you see that? No, No, I can't see it. Yeah. Can you see the bristly beard? I, I see that you happen to have a balloon in your pocket that has polka dots on it. Is that the bristly beard? It could be. It could be the bristly beard. No, the polka dots are because it has. They they have a rash. It's a professor with a rash. He's taking tomorrow off. Um, no, he's not. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful. No, he's teaching his course. It's but a beautiful professor Horvath, we are animal. not only are we honored. We are probably going to try to get you on the phone at some point. I know there's kind of a time difference between Hungary and here, but oh, um, he's up. He's probably up. Yeah, he's up. Because I would love to hear more about this course, and I'd love to know which episode it was, um, or did you just let them listen to any episode? Because I'd be hoping it would be the one where our survivalist Thomas Coyne <laughs> didn't show up. Didn't show up because he passed away in this neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, to to review, like we do every week, the the neighborhood surrounding spacious and luxurious Ray Horseman Studios is not necessarily Los Angeles's finest neighborhood. Uh, no, there's some there's yeah no. Uh, I, I spent, the neighbors, I think, gawk at me when I pull up. Uh, I spent at least 10 minutes parallel parking between two cars that really have been dented before. Right. You didn't necessarily have to be as careful as you... I don't think so. Right, I don't think anyone would have noticed no, if the you told new them you'd have, you made a dent in their car, they'd be like, where? And you'd be like, well, in that other dent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People are leaning their head out the window. Don't you dent that dent. <laughs> my mom gave me that dent. Yeah, that's right. Watch it. You screwed up my scratch. <laughs> I've been working on that scratch for a long time. No, I have, I have yet to see an undented car around here. And I think it's because people keep tossing mattresses out the window because there's a lot of mattresses yeah. out there. Yeah, and apparently they you don't know when they're coming. I mean, we see them once they've landed, but apparently there's an hour of the night where people just in frustration toss mattresses. The out. The sex in this neighborhood is so hot. Yeah, that the that mattress the, goes and yeah. flies out the window in the middle of the night yeah. in a in a victory toss. They yeah. just throw the mattress <laughs> right, right. out this the mattress, window. It's never going to get any better for this mattress. <laughs> so. And you know what? Um. I happen to have made a balloon animal of you, a mattress. Yeah, is that what that is? Yeah, it's well, a new it's one. It's more believable it's a, as a mattress than a trophy. <laughs> it's a, this is a this is a mattress for the uh, uh, the for the hot sex award. 
on Miranda it's Avenue. It's still a sphere. Hey, but well, we have other business to get to, which no. is um, we have more theme songs entries into our theme song contest. Would you like to hear some of them? Wait a minute. I was doing an interview today, and the woman asked me if we'd selected a theme song yet. I said, no, not yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> at what point do we want to stop milking this? And I'm going to think, I, no, I said, no you point. know what? I said, they're still coming in. Uh, yeah, they're still we coming don't... in, and there's a lot of intricate rules to the contest, so we can't interfere with the orderly progression of the contest. Yeah, we don't want to cut off the entries just yet. No, we're not ready to do that, <laughs> to have a real theme song. Okay, so this one comes from listener Yaro Marchin. He's a wellspring of wisdom, a fountain of knowledge. Your guru and guide, your free podcast college. If you just paid attention, your mind would be blown. But nobody listens to Paul Poundstone. All right. That is nice. That's really, that's that's slithery, isn't it? Yeah. I I like like that he chose to rhyme blown with Poundstone. We've had a lot of of own rhymes, but I don't think we've had blown yet. No, we haven't had blown. I'm the only one I did scone. I, I want and to And yet you'd for think for a variety of reasons that that word would just come up in people's mind when they think Paula Poundstone. Partly because of my balloon animal uh, All right. I'm gonna, career, I'm gonna the career that I've made in balloon you, animals. Well, you haven't, in fact. I have. Blown. You didn't hear that? Blown. No, That's what they were blown. referring to. No, no, he wasn't. Because he sent this to us before you launched this second career last <laughs> week on the podcast. No, I've been working at this at home for a long time. All right. Well, let's leave blown. this house of lies behind. Um, and, and this one, you're going to love this one. Um, okay. Listener... Um, Ricardo Johnston writes in, and he's and and he he submitted some commentary with it, in that he associates you with TV from the '60s and '70s, partly because you speak of it fairly frequently. Well, and the so, Dick Van Dyke Show is my Bible, right? I, so he I often of, read from the book of Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't say that's a terrible uh, terrible Bible, but what I love here is that he gave you some full orchestration to really do up our show like some kind of '60s or '70s TV show. Sounds great. Let's hear it. Paula, Paula, nobody listens to Paula. Yes, she's a genius, and her advice is life-changing in a good way. But nobody listens to Paula. Poundstone. Nice. That's nice. sweet, right? Yeah, 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 that was really nice. Yeah, I thought. Uh, it was, it was... I like, you know, they used one of uh, one of the tips that I gave a few weeks ago about submitting theme songs was to use the word genius. Yes, that, that definitely increases your chances in in some way or another. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as no, I said, the rules are very complicated. I think, I think it does. You know, and I don't know if it will. I don't know if in the end that will be the theme song or not. But it's I do a... think that at the very least. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Right, for, uh, I'm going to make for him a balloon animal. And what's this one going to be? Uh, because to me, it looks like a black balloon with white typeface that says happy birthday and is in the utterly conventional conventional shape that we associate with most balloons. Well, that's where you're totally wrong. Okay. This is Buddy Sorrell from the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> uh, Maury Amsterdam. He did have dark black hair. He had like shoe polished black hair. And he did have a fairly round head, didn't he? No, no. He had an oblong head. And I've captured that here. Uh, yeah. This is from the episode where he plays the cello. Do you see the cello? 
I think to me that looks more like the episode where he plays the birthday balloon. But um, no, no, if, I don't, if, if I don't, that is in fact an episode of Dick Van Dyke Show, Paula, no. you nailed it. No, I don't think you remember the show very well, Adam. I, I guess There's, I don't. Yeah, because that's exactly what it looked like. I have I have one more theme song, and and you'll see in a second why why um I really dig this one too. This is from listener Tim McCoy. If you don't turn your radio on, <laughs> then nobody listens to Paula. That's it. Okay, that's that's nice. There's lots of love here. Number one, it's very to the point. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, It's brief, which leaves us more time to talk during the show. Absolutely, (laughs) that's kind of an important point. And I'm a fan of that notion. You're gonna want that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it's just given to you exhaling into a balloon. Yeah, like we. You know, I've actually been approached by a bouncy house company. You haven't to (laughs) inflate the bouncy houses. Really. Uh, because starting, of your starting out capacity. just a, a rubberized canvas, yeah. and then they say I can blow it into whatever shape I want to. Balloon. Uh, um, yeah. So the other thing about that last theme song. One sentence long. Okay. There was some technical misinformation in it. There's a real problem there, isn't there? You caught that. Which is, yeah. It's a one sentence long, and the opening clause, the dependent clause, maybe it's not the dependent clause. The point is that he It's the codependent clause. If he says... If you don't turn your radio on, yeah. then nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Yeah. In point of fact, this is not a radio show. Yeah, yeah. We are not on anybody's radio. No. Uh, honestly, we're not even on that many people's podcast thingy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, we're so, getting there. Boy, we're he's, really, he's really leaning into it. Yeah, yeah, if you don't turn your television on, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Right, right. Yeah. If you don't go to the movies, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. If you, you don't know. read the menu. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, if you don't let in the door-to-door salesman, nobody listens to Paul Poundstar. Yeah. It's not really, it's not really a conditional phrase when it, when yeah. you consider that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's time for us to move on, and mm-hmm. and what I want to really move into is. Uh, we're introducing a really exciting new segment tonight. We're hoping this oh. becomes a regular thing with yeah. us. It's an, it's another way of getting into talking to a guest that involved you, Paula. And and this all started oh, with thank some goodness. recent experience. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, when that guy turns his radio on, I'm not going to be there. You're still not going to be there, yeah. So um, I understand you had a recent road experience that inspired this new segment. Well, I did. You know, I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I do love my job. I consider myself a proud member of the endorphin production industry. I get to go around the country telling my little jokes in theaters, and I have the greatest audience in the entire world. But there are times, like last week, the hospitality person at the theater in Ohio picked up a to-go order a vegetarian food for me and I opened a container that was supposed to be a Caesar salad and it was I'm not kidding about two pounds of large oddly cone-shaped chunks of raw beef (laughs) so not totally vegetarian no not not what I was expecting Uh, and my favorite part of the story is that the hospitality woman found it odd so she asked the theater manager does Paula eat raw meat? Like, what wh- am I, Rosemary's baby? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we're launching our new segment, Welcome to Career Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, 
Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your sleepy time pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our 
class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're <laughs> European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Thank you, Diana Morgan. That's perfect. Thank you. So, yes, for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about an astronaut? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder, whatever that is. What can you do with your life? Well, Career Corner has the answer. And this week, let's explore a career as a professional blackjack player. Oh, that sounds great. You know, I just want to say one thing. I do know what a spot welder is. It's, It's how I got this mark right here. It's a spot. That, that's like a, a, no, that's like a skin I blemish. A, no, I had a spot welded on. Oh, you had a spot welded on? Yeah, yeah it was a spot you welded. You really should never do that. Just a <laughs> tattoo would, would, would do. Um, okay, so to help us find out about the world of blackjack, we have, this is a really special guest. This is a good get right here. We're joined by, and I'm not making this up, the best blackjack player in the world. 
Mike Aponte was one of the leaders of the MIT counting card team, which uh, the book Bringing Down the House was based on and the movie 21 was based on. Mike was also the first World Series of Blackjack winner. He's so good, Vegas casinos no longer let him play there. Let's have a big career corner welcome for Mike Aponte. So... Let me get this straight. Uh, Mike, you worked yourself right out of a job there in the casinos? That's what happened. Yeah. Too, good, too good for my own good, I guess. Well, I play blackjack every so often, but the lucky thing about the position I'm in is the casinos think of me as an idiot, so they welcome me. They but, welcome most gamblers, yeah. for sure. Un- until today. Right? Now, could you have done it differently? Is there any, is there any way you could have won more subtly and extended your career in casinos? I get asked that a lot. We could have won slower, a slower pace, but it would have taken longer. So, right. So you took the money and ran, and then we're banished. Yeah, for all I think time. once you get to a certain level, you just might as well go all out, which is what we did. And you went all out, right? You, you, you harnessed, a, you, you took in a little bit of money there. Yeah, we did pretty well. It was over a six-year stretch. We won uh, almost fifteen million. Wow. wow. I could do this job. I know I could do this job. <laughs> I'm sure I'd be very good at this job. Well, let's Mike. find out, Mike. And Mike. no one will know it's me. They won't care. Mike, um, in order to make a living playing blackjack, um, is there a lot more math to it than counting to 21? There is. Yeah, the math is a little bit more involved than counting to 21, but it's actually not as hard as people think think the most common math you're doing is simple arithmetic uh-huh. adding or subtracting one or two i'm very good at adding or yeah. subtracting one or two how many millions again almost 15 yeah wow wow yeah if it takes adding or subtracting one or two i am in okay so let me just give you my understanding of how this counting thing works like you look at all the cards on the table right everybody's cards the dealers yours everybody's and for every card number two to six you give it plus one, you add one. For every card seven to nine, ignore it. And for every card 10 to ace, you take away one. So you're just keeping a running tally of whether your table is in the pluses or the minuses and how far. So if I'm right, you're not really counting every card in the deck, are you? No, that's a big misconception. One that I had myself, I, I, my first exposure, if you could call it that, to card counting was uh, my freshman year in college. I watched the movie Rain Man. And oh, wow. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Rain Man. Sure, that's my exposure to uh, cheating at cards. Yeah, so I'm sure you were like me, <laughs> where um, you thought I thought you had to have a photographic memory. I have a pretty good memory, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a savant like Rain Man. But then uh, little did I know, uh, three years later, I would actually get recruited onto a card counting team. And now, when I, you s- Excuse me, Mike. When you say a team... Uh, Uniforms? Are they uniforms? Because <laughs> that could be partly how you got caught. I Yeah, I was uh, one of my best friends. When he first told me about this, I had the same. I was kind of very skeptical like you because I didn't know much about card counting, much less that it could be a team activity. Yeah. How is it a team activity? Well, it's kind of like any business. You could do it solo, but if you find the right people and you kind of... And you combine your efforts, and you can come out ahead. So faster. you guys would all sit at the same table at times? Very brief, briefly. But the way it worked, we used uh, what you call big player strategy. So I was a big player on the team. I was kind of the big one of the big money guys. And then we would, I would play with spotters. So the job of the spotters were to 
go onto the casino floor, blend in, and then they would each keep track of the count at different tables from a start of a new shuffle. And then when the count moved into the player's favor, they would signal that they had a hot shoe, which was oh. really simple. Just a hot simply, shoe? Well, the, the, yeah. the thing that the uh, cards are kept in is called a shoe. Oh, yeah. I didn't you keep the multiple decks. Well, basically, another way to put it that, oh, this table's now in our advantage. And we had a simple signal for that, which was just crossing the arms, which is uh-huh. so natural. So when I saw that, I'd head over to the table quickly, and then they would pass off the count verbally using a code word. So we had a mnemonic list for each number, 1 through 21, very obvious associations, like the number 11, football. You know, number 7, on the field, yeah. craps. And so the important thing... How you know, did they do craps? Seven, well, seven's like they the most craps. important number in craps. So... Yeah, casinos, as you know, are very noisy, and the cameras can't record audio, so you could practically scream out the count. The important thing was not to make eye contact. So ideally, if I was coming in on the left side, the spotter would kind of look to his right and say, football. You know, and then as soon as I heard that, I knew the count was 11. I would sit down, capitalize on the advantage. What does that mean, the count was 11? Well, this is the adding one and subtracting two thing that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's right? the running count. And so what the count is in, in blackjack, the reason why it's the only table game in which you can beat the casino is that it has one way to put it. It has a memory. So, like, for example, if you compare that to roulette. Like every time you spin a roulette wheel, it's a brand new game. So a lot of right. people waste their time keeping track of where the and, ball And they fool you in the casinos by putting up a, a tally of what they've shown before as though as, as, as though that somehow yeah. influences the oh, 1 the, in 38 the chance of the next went. ball, right? Yeah, it's 1 in 38, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason, as you pointed out, that they put that up there just to kind of feed into that that myth. That you know, Like could... 5 is hot tonight? Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, I've got a friend who's convinced he has a system. I would never name. I would never name comedy writer Dan Cronin in this regard. <laughs> but no, uh, I go that. to Vegas with him, and he's he's like, "No, Felber, I got this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. System I, for no, you don't. It's, it's different every time. Yeah. So most gamblers, there's no rhyme or reason right. to what they bet. It's like lucky feeling, or or they get frustrated because they lost their last bet. Whereas mm. card counters, they're betting based on their actual advantage. So the general idea is to bet little or nothing mm-hmm. when the house has the edge, and then bet more and more as player advantage increases. So we talked about how like how blackjack has a memory. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a really simple example, single deck blackjack. Yeah. Uh-huh. So single deck obviously has four aces. Right. So if all four aces are dealt in the first round, uh, your odds of getting blackjack become what? Zero. Uh, zero. Yeah, because so be, the aces are gone. That would be a bad time to like bet a lot of money. Okay. So... so that's that's a simple example. I had to really process that for a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're getting closer to the answer of this career course. Yeah, no. How much did you make again? <laughs> Nearly fifteen million. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think my odd. I'm. I might make fourteen million. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can do the fifteen I think, million. Yeah, I'd but fourteen I'd peg million. you for at least ten million. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Sure. Everyone right. knows blackjack is a good thing, but they don't realize how great it is because blackjack pays three to two. That's a hundred. 150%. But what about when the dealer gets blackjack? The dealer only takes even money from you. Right, because oh. the dealer yeah. can't take more money than you just uh, Exactly. Bet. So that's that's the number one reason why card counters count, to know when there's 
a greater probability of getting play, paid blackjack. Now, the second value of those high cards is when you're doubling down. And so when you're doubling down on 11 or 10, obviously you'd like to get dealt a high card, like right? 10 or so 9, yeah. Anyone who's played blackjack knows the pain of doubling down and get, getting dealt a 2. Right, oh, where yeah. you're, you're kind of screwed at that point. And then the third value of the high cards to the player is... Can I guess? Sure. Uh, increases the odds of the dealer going bust. Yep. Pretty much, yeah. yeah it okay, it cool. increases the odds of deer busting when the <laughs> dealer's hitting on 12 through 16. Right, that's what I mean. So that's important because as a player, you have the option to stand on any total, whereas the dealer has to play like a robot. So even uh-huh. if the dealer knows that there's like nothing but 10s left, he has to hit on, on 12. So that's that, right? Exactly. Like the dealer essentially never makes any decisions. It's very, it's robotic. That's the yeah. same thing. That's every why their time. marriages don't do so well. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. Now, Mike, I want to ask a couple of important questions before we get to playing a hand or two, which is number one, Paula, you told me that uh, typically you provoke a certain reaction at blackjack tables. Yeah. I love to play blackjack in a hotel in a casino because I like the social life part of it. But, and I don't know if you can guess that just by looking at me, but I'm not really all that knowledgeable about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, a, like a seven I, on a scale of one to 10. I've been known to count the dots on the cards with my fingers like Joni from Happy Days. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and what happens sometimes is I sit down at a table where there's people that are mad that I don't play well. Now, and to me... That's just part of the luck of the night for them. It was unlucky that I happened to sit with them. But what's the deal with that? I mean, is that an appropriate response on their part? Well, you know, what is it about a bad player that makes good players mad at them? It's uh, it's selective memory. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. But you're absolutely right, Paula. Those people are 100% wrong and focusing on... On the things they shouldn't be. Like really simple example is everyone knows, right? You shouldn't split tens. Horrible play. Let's say you have a, a really bad player splits tens three times. Deer pulls twenty one. You know what happened? Everyone's screaming bloody murder. But let's say that same player splits the tens multiple times, and a dealer ends up busting because of that. Are people like high fiving that player? I no, think not. No, they're saying, did you see what that moron did? He almost cost the whole table. Oh, so they're still mad. Yeah, they're still mad. It, uh, it, it, it's oh. selective memory. And the thing about Blackjack, it's a series of one-on-one battles. It's each player against the dealer. So the thing you really should be focusing on is how you play. So uh, that makes me feel much better that these people are just playing rude. Because I was going to say, <laughs> if, I was, if I was a liability at the table, then you, with your system where the people stand and they shout things and they can say anything because the audio doesn't pick it up, they could go, uh, Mike, move, Paula's coming. <laughs> so I think this is good that it turns out it doesn't matter if I sit beside you or not. If I sat down beside you and your team... Uh, would you like close up shop and move to another table? Well, if because you... of your volume, yes, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were calling out, yeah, our code words, yes. Yeah, but, no, no, I would, I, never, mean, uh... <laughs> I would never do that. No, let, let, let me ask you this. How, See, Mike, didn't he let, just say football? When Paula earns like her, her fifth or sixth million dollars, what yeah. should she look out for in terms of like how to mask it so that she doesn't get caught the way you did? thing to keep in mind is like we were betting a lot of money like oh. up to 10 15,000 that just gets wow. a completely de- different level of scrutiny yeah your average card counter like if you go to the strip in vegas you can 
count cards and bet up to like, let's say you're playing at Bellagio, bet up to $500 a hand. For Bellagio, that's nothing. For individual a lot, they'll never even take the time so to just look bet at 500 at a time paula that's that's easy yeah that's <laughs> a good idea something that paula poundstone is it's patient yeah and One keep might in even mind say ocd i'd be playing with podcast money <laughs> so <laughs> that's better so, than house money huh? let's play a hand you've got you've got a shoe here you know in 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 our remaining time with you mike let's let's take this to the street let's go practical here and i don't mean the actual street cuz we'd be murdered yeah so let's i mean this is a Let's look at this particular... This is one of the most misplayed hands in blackjack. I'm looking so, at a 10 of clubs and a 2 of clubs. So a, Hold on. Let me confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> Paula counted the dots on the 2 Yeah, almost. I did. I had a point to the 2. Uh, yeah, the so a player total of 12 and the dealer showing a 3. Yeah, the player has 12 and the dealer has 3. Yeah, so what do you guys think is the correct play here? I'm going to say, Paula, answer this question. Uh, football. <laughs> well, actually, football. Uh, bust you here. Um, I mean, I, I, twelve. I, I would take a hit. And I would stand. Great, Paula, you're correct. Thank you. you. Take a hit on twelve. Oh my God! Exactly. Would you mind recording that phrase before yeah. you leave? <laughs> you got potential, Paula. Definitely. Wow. But you oh know, my gosh! I love beauty, hearing that. You know, when I got recruited onto the team. The first thing I had to learn, it's called basic strategy. So, right. like, you know how players agonize over what to do, 12 yeah. versus 3, pair of 8s against 10? There's no need because the hard work was done years ago for all of us back in the mid-1950s by Army mathematicians. Yeah, that, this is called basic strategy. And basically, this was done by Army mathematicians? In the mid-1950s. There you go. That's the military at work. Uh. <laughs> And so this shows the correct play for every single hand in blackjack. And this is mathematically proven. Uh So instead of like, why try to reinvent the wheel? So they gave me this chart. It didn't look as nice as this one, but I was like, fantastic. I don't need to figure it out. Right. So and I can see in this chart that if the player has 12, which that hand is, Paul, you can count those dots if you want, and the dealer has three, it says hit. Yeah. Exactly. There it is. And Um, then, yeah, there's just simple rules instead of, memorizing every combination just learn rules for the rows and the blocks and then you can get it down much quicker so but yeah for you guys if the goal is to become a professional blackjack player this is the first and most important step Uh mastering this basic strategy and can i bring this chart with me You can't bring this one because it's big and it has my name on it, so that wouldn't be good. <laughs> you, is it downloadable on your website, by the way, or something? It is, yeah. You can Go to micaponte.com or something? Yeah, micaponte.com. You can download this website. I did not invent this. I just want to make it clear. It's, this is one of the frustrating things. This information, like I said, it literally has been around for over 60 years, yet... You know, less than 1% of blackjack players utilize this strategy. So I couldn't bring this, but what could I bring? They sell, uh, like in the gift gift shops, you, or you can order on Amazon, uh, um, a small plastic basic strategy chart. And they'll let you bring it to you. To, in fact, really? it actually so kind of like makes you look more clueless. Quiz. Yep. yep, exactly. Ideally, if you want to actually move beyond that, 
and become a card counter, you're going to want to learn it and master it so that you can take that energy and focus it on the counting. Right? The counting uh-huh. card, yeah. 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 But for someone going to Vegas, like this is you, this is going to give you the biggest bang for the buck. Uh, right. Just bringing that chart. Play perfect basic strategy. Make sure the table you play at pays three to two on blackjack and flat bet. Okay. Like, and just pick a budget. Don't go there to make a fortune. You know, that's where people get in trouble, right? right. They, and you yeah. said something about not changing your bet either. Exactly. If you're not counting. If you're not just counting. Just flat bet. Flat bet. That's what you mean. Okay. The exact time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, but one of the biggest things that gets people in trouble is betting progressions. Are you guys familiar with that? Like, if you, you bet. $10, lose, bet 20, and they, they just keep doubling until they win. Right. But that is a surefire way to go bankrupt because at some point you're going to hit that losing streak. So, I, oh, um, so casinos, just so for the record, casinos love gamblers who use betting progressions. And it's like one of those, you know, act, one of those basic principles in life. Doesn't that seem too good to be true? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, right. I, bet, I bet Dan Cronin bets that progressively. <laughs> and at the roulette table. Yeah. Dan, if, if you don't, um, uh, well, you'll just have to write into the show and let us know. Well, Michael Pani, thank you for dealing us in. Paula, having heard all this, what advice can you give listeners and yourself about your potential career as a professional blackjack player? Oh, it's going to be very positive. Dana, could you give me uh, a little background music for my future career? The container that holds the cards is called the shoe, and it's the only shoe at the table that cards are allowed in. Betting progression is bad. If you're losing, it's throwing good money after bad, and if you're winning, your luck won't last forever. There's a blackjack betting chart that was invented by the army during peacetime, I assume. If the dealer has three and you have 12, you hit, and I knew that. Mike was only here to back me up. You're not supposed to split two tens. But if I do, and I'm sitting beside you, don't be rude about it. You don't win or lose because of the player sitting beside you. Besides, I'm about to win 14 million. Micah Ponte won the World Series of Blackjack in 2004 and now coaches Blackjack and speaks at universities and corporations. You can find him at MicahPonte.com. Thanks for being on our show, Mike. The Cat of the Week is Madame Meow from Santa Rita, Guam. All right, since we're talking about good food and nutrition, um, and thank you again, Diana Morgan. That was just fantastic. Um, This is a perfect time to bring on our next house guest. Allison Rue is a certified nutrition specialist who teaches health education at AMDA, the renowned training school for actors. She specializes in eating behavior and primarily focuses on those in the creative fields. Just the person Paula needs to speak with. Please welcome Allison Rue. Thank you so much for joining us, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. I want to get to this right away, Paul. I'm okay, gonna... well, I just first want the listeners to know. <laughs> I want the listeners to know that we have offered Allison repeatedly double stuff Oreos and Doritos, which I bring every week. And she has, as if it is just in her nature to do so, turned them down at every turn. Okay, that is true. And so that brings us right to our first question. Allison, yeah. I've seen Paula's 
eat dinners composed of nothing but Doritos and Diet Pepsi. And she's done it many, many times. So that raises a very important question. Can you be a vegan and be super unhealthy at the same time? I think it's really important that people still embrace foods that they love and that they embrace them in a way that... That's why I'm sticky. ...brings them joy. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I wasn't eating it right, and I realized now I was embracing the food that I love. You were embracing the food. Okay, so... Embrace the, embrace the foods that give you joy. And uh, is there any other caveats you might want to attach to that as a nutrition looking at a person eating Doritos and Diet Pepsi for dinner on well, multiple nights? Well, it's such a, a, an individual thing. It has so much to do with your genetic makeup and the luck of the dice that you happen to roll in terms of My your genetics. My of people thrive on this diet. Right. <laughs> My mother was a Dorito-vore. That's My right. Her mother was a Dorito-vore. Yeah. And cards out and I'm going to eat Doritos for dinner. The only thing we never knew how to do was broil them. <laughs> uh, but we ate them. Just raw yeah. Doritos right, So it's house. an individual. Um, is there a... Now, in in the United States, do we overemphasize protein? So there tends to be a little bit of an overemphasis, especially recently on protein. And I think a lot of the fitness movements that we've had have been really focusing on protein. And we do need protein. We need Mm -hmm. protein not only to build muscle. We need protein to make neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. But most of us, as long as we're having some kind of protein source at a meal, we're probably meeting our nutritional needs. Now, if you don't eat meat, what are those protein, uh, what kind of protein? Protein. And I don't eat nuts either. I hate nuts. To me, nuts interrupt so food. So can Paula get the protein she needs from Double Stuff Oreos is I think what she's asking. Yeah. I am actually not familiar with the, the Double Stuff Oreos? Oh, protein well, well, I'll, content. I'll, I'll of a- that, um, I've got a package right here because Paula brings one every week. Um, it's got a total fat uh, content of, and, and this is a, a two cookie serving. That's us, not a serving. Uh, uh, seven grams um, and two grams of saturated fat. Um, protein, less than one gram per two cookies. Is that so, enough? No, it's not. You definitely oh. need more protein than that. Oh, for you want to break sakes. out the Doritos package? Well, keep we'll in mind, it. these are the double stuff. They are. Yeah. But if that maybe stuff that, is yeah, but maybe crap, that maybe you're, you're reading the maybe the um the, the what do you call that the nutrition facts yeah. are from the single stuff and they just put them on the double stuff. These are double. I'm getting double, so I think I'm getting. You're getting double less than one gram. It, it's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so um, Allison, what are three nutrition myths? Like, can you give us some some like flashcard nutrition stuff? What are what do people get wrong about nutrition? Yeah, I'm besides gonna, the protein content of double stuff Oreos, I'm going to start with my my first favorite myth, and that's this this obsession with the need for cleanses and detoxing. Mm. Um, oh. Our our livers do a pretty darn good job most of the time of doing that for us, and you know unless somebody has lead poisoning or mercury poisoning or they've been exposed to some kind of actual classified toxin, they probably don't need to be doing any kind of detox or cleanse. Yeah, so and a cleanse just means that you poop a lot. Am I correct about you that? could not summarize it better. You yeah. know, honestly... <laughs> Thank you. I, I wish you'd record that for me. I think that a lot of times people feel so much better when they do them because they all of a sudden are able to go to the, ba- the bathroom a lot more comfortably. And that is a very oh. nice thing that we all deserve in life. And, and You know, 
I have so long felt that we all deserve to go to the bathroom comfortably. Yeah. And I've well, really... That, that, I your, was, your 1998 campaign was based on that as a slogan, yeah, right? Yeah. It yeah. wasn't make America great again. It was make America go to the bathroom comfortably again. Yeah. And, uh, you were no, ahead I've, of your time. I've really never heard anyone articulate it the way you just did, but that's right. That's a basic human right to basic go to the bathroom right. comfortably. So, 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 cleanse, so cleanse is kind of... Kind of bullshit. What else? Um, also, I think that coffee is bad is a myth. You know, there there definitely is a cap on caffeine for most people. Uh, for the general public, it's usually around 300 milligrams of caffeine, which is probably in about, you know, two cups of coffee, um, maybe a really fancy cup of coffee. Um, so you shouldn't have more than two cups of coffee a day, you're saying? Because isn't there every now and then a story will come out that says, like, you know, coffee's good for you. Exactly. And for some people, coffee is very helpful. It's a natural stimulant. And in certain amounts, it might be a good fit. Now, there definitely are some people who have a genetic predisposition to being very sensitive to caffeine, and they probably don't feel very good when they have coffee. And they probably know that. I have a manager who drinks a lot of coffee. And then she'll like ask you the same question from several different angles. Now and is that she'll call a- you up while she's emailing you. Uh, yeah, is that, that that sort of communication overlap? I think she has, and I, I think it's caused by coffee. And by the way, this incident often takes place at three or four in the morning. So that could easily be coffee related, right, Allison? Uh, it yeah. Sounds like it. Now, there. should you? Here's a, here's a very specific thing. Should you force your kids to eat if they're not hungry? Here's the thing. It's a complex question because Mm -hmm. we actually shouldn't force our kids to eat anything. Oh. And there is a lot of theory and training around how to feed kids. And especially when you look at a typical healthy toddler, they're actually really good at consuming what has been offered to them and giving you the signal of when they're done. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, we stop knowing how to do that. We see a lot of diet culture. We're told this is good for us. This is bad for us. And we lose that ability to listen to that fullness cue that we have naturally within us. Do we naturally have kind of uh, an ability to tell what kind of foods we're needing? To some degree, yes. I mean, inherently, I know we keep joking about the bathroom situation, but most of us can tell, oh, wow, I ate this way and I felt really good today. Or I know when I eat this way and I eat these foods, I'm able to do my job better and I don't have to worry about anything. So we do have the inherent ability to eat what is called intuitively, Uh where we really respond to hunger cues knowing it's time to eat, fullness cues, and seeing how we can respect those. So well, that's why I eat so many Doritos and double stuff Oreos. Your body's telling you to my do it? My body is saying, <laughs> and, and I sometimes will say to my body, how about the single stuff? And my body says, no. <laughs> no, the double stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's flip over to what we're missing. Overall, people in, in this nation, is there something that we need in our diet that we're all not getting right now? Well, I'm going to give you my the answer from my heart, which is self-compassion. I think we're missing self-compassion. We have a lot of black and white thinking around food, and, okay. and it ends up leading to a lot of people feeling a lot of shame around their choices. But it, 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 just for the record, in case you're just trying to protect Paula's feelings here, <laughs> she's not going to feel shame. <laughs> oh, I feel shame. Oh, you do? <laughs> Like you, you go on a double stuff and Dorito binge and you're kind of ashamed of yourself? No, but I do eat bread when really all I wanted was the butter on it. And I just felt like it was rude 
uh, to shameful butter. to pick up the stick of butter and eat it. Although when I was a kid, I did. I think it was either my fourth or fifth birthday. My parents gave me a pound of butter. As a birthday present? Yes. Because they knew you liked butter or is that where yes, that started? Yes, and I ate it like candy bars. Really? And you know what? Yum. <laughs> Butter contains butyrate, which is one of the favorite. I love, I love butyrate. <laughs> you did not know what butyrate I lo- was. What are you kidding moment. me? I love butyrate. It's, what is it? It's one of the uh, <laughs> preferred fuel sources for what are called the colonocytes, which are the cells that line the intestinal tract. And it helps uh, feed a healthy gut flora balance, essentially. So the there fact you that go. My, yeah, all right. All right. Healthy gut flora balance. Okay. Yeah, um, you've got that. So I, I love that you're not gonna you're not gonna resort to criticizing Paula in, in any way. I guess that's no, gonna have no, to be. No, she loves my diet. She doesn't love your diet. She loves my diet. She loves the idea of people being okay with themselves. No, secretly she's made a signal to me that the listeners cannot see. <laughs> she hasn't. Asking if perhaps we could go in on a cookbook together. Yes, she has. No. Now what about dairy, Allison? Is dairy okay? You know what? I don't think it is necessary. I think it really fits well for some people and not for others. Uh, 70% of adults at least have some degree of lactose intolerance. Wow. Yeah. And lactose intolerance would do what? It would give you a stomachache? Stomachache. Um, uh, a lot gas, of phlegm. A lot of phlegm, bloating, um, burping. Because I can't stop clearing my throat tonight. Uh, but you haven't had any milk. No, oh, no I, I had a pull off a cow out of Miranda. Oh, pull, uh, yeah, now that's weird. Yeah, there's yeah, a cow out there. Mattresses, it's, but no, it's, near the mattresses tonight. Today. There's a cow. Yeah. It was, it was there. To you eat. should never take a pull off of a random cow. Listen, I was my body was telling me. Oh. I was listening to my internal uh, menu. Yeah, my body just, was telling that's me that's just going to be your thing from now on. Drink from that You'll have cow. Allison to thank for it when um, you're, yeah, you're all right, dying so of, of of scurvy or something. I don't think you get scurvy from a cow. Do you, Allison? Can you get scurvy from a cow? You, it is not a communicable disease. There you go. I wasn't implying that you'd get scurvy from a cow. I'm no, just saying you that did. you did. That's you, exactly I, no, what you said. I was implying said. that you're using things that Allison has been saying about being good to yourself as justification to eat the crap that you always eat. I don't think if I took a pull off a cow on a Miranda Avenue that that would be justification for eating the stuff that I always eat. That would be a unique experience. It's not something I do all the time. That cow's not out there every day. Let me just do quickly for you a balloon animal of what I saw. Oh, no. Of the udder. Uh, oh, you okay, know what? Allison. If you did a balloon animal right now yeah. and you were just trying to do a cow's udder, yeah. that would be fairly accurate. Yeah. 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 Given your balloon animal skills. And then skills. I'll make a suckling noise from it. All right, Allison, we are way off topic. Uh, How did that happen? Uh, All right, is you there know, something? I got to tell I have tried uh, briefly to try to eat healthier, for not tonight, but in my life in general, I have moved to, um, not Tuesday nights, but I have moved to healthier eating because of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What did she do to you? Well, nothing, but I want... Her, I, if she needs an organ, I would like to be able to give it to her. Oh, that's what that's about? Yeah. Oh, you just want to keep her in there. Exactly. The bulwark against. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, you need a kidney. Hold on. I'll get it. Oh, I see. I yeah. thought this was going to be something practical. Like, I know that she eats healthily and I want to live to be her age and be that sharp. But no, you just uh, want no, to be able to I give her no a kidney. I have no idea what she... I don't think she eats at all. Have you seen her? She's very small. Yeah, she's very thin. Yeah. Okay, Allison, is there um, is there a food that we should completely avoid? Like, are, are there foods that you're willing to say, yeah, don't eat much of that because that's not good for you? Uh, probably whatever food gives you diarrhea would be one to avoid. Okay. But she's really, really feels that this is totally unique 
to different people. Um, well, that <laughs> you're just trying to justify your diet again. I can no, see I'm that. Not. On your no, face. I'm not. No, I'm not. No, what I haven't told you is that after a night of double stuff Oreos and Doritos, I have terrible diarrhea. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I bet that's completely true. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's why you're trying to hustle yeah. Allison out the door no, right now. No, no. Let up, her come back to the microphone. I'm up till like, you know, 3 in the morning. Don't even bother stopping by Ray Horseman Studios. Uh, um, no, I was just going to ask you, what about eggs? Remember a couple years ago, people said eggs were bad, and then the egg companies come back with that ad, you know, the incredible edible egg, and they made it all look so yummy and delightful. What about eggs? So we really got the science around eggs wrong for many decades. They do contain cholesterol, but we don't necessarily, our cholesterol levels are not necessarily impacted by dietary consumption of cholesterol. They're more impacted by dietary consumption of very specific types of saturated fats and your genetic predisposition. Oh, because you know what? I have high cholesterol, but I don't eat eggs anymore. Um, and you don't think it could be the double stuff Oreos, do you? Well, I think... Well, I think, I think we can answer that question. In fact... <laughs> We already have answered that question, <laughs> and I'm going to answer it again. A two-cookie uh, two serving of Double Stuff Oreos, total fat, 7 grams. That's 11% of the... Yeah, but there's good fat and bad fat, isn't and there, And here we go. Uh, saturated fat. <laughs> saturated fat, which I believe what she's talking about. Yeah. Two grams. Two grams. Two so grams. That, that's one gram of saturated fat per Double Stuff Oreo. Well, I'm also, I mean, when we get labs back and a, and a doctor says, you know, you have high cholesterol or you want yeah. to start watching your blood sugar, that's when it's time to maybe start seeing, okay, if I try to incorporate these foods, what happens when I have my labs redone in four months? Does it get better or worse? And that's a way we can kind of check in with the body about our food choices. Um, I would tell never... you one thing, my body hates needles. <laughs> my body says absolutely no to that sort of behavior. No, but I did. I did have a blood test, to, and they, she said, yeah, that I had uh, high cholesterol. But I think she was high. Uh, <laughs> and so you didn't try was, altering your was, diet by even going down to single stuff Oreos. You just no, 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 no. But I, I actually, at that time, I wasn't eating as many double stuff. I, 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 so you increased <laughs> your intake of double stuffed Oreos after your doctor said you had high cholesterol. Yeah, she didn't say don't eat those. Did you say I eat these? No. Because okay. I didn't at that time. I ate mostly <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Okay. I did confess to eating fake butter. I eat the, uh, what's it called? Earth Balance. Uh-huh. Is that uh, Earth Balance? <laughs> you know, that is that is that bad? It's not bad, is it? It's bad. No, it's not, is it? We could let the nutritionist speak and tell us. <laughs> That's always an option if we want to know if something's good or bad. Are there any foods, Allison, that make you talk more than other foods? Uh, probably coffee. And Diet Coke. Doritos. <laughs> Diet Coke, yeah. Well, fortunately, I drink Diet Pepsi, so that would never no, happen to me. Thing. You know, something about that cow is butter. Me. Uh, the, the, the cow? Yeah, you shouldn't take a hit off a strange cow. That's, that's like safety yeah. 101. No, I think it caused furry stuff in my throat. Yeah, it might not have even been a cow, and that disturbs me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been around this neighborhood for several months now. Um, <laughs> Allison... It said it was. When people go on diets, mm. and I've done that many times in my life, that's that, yeah, that's Paula making a cow sound. <laughs> why, why does the weight loss not last? Because it usually doesn't, right? It does not. Okay, now why, why, doesn't why it? is that? It doesn't last 
for a variety of reasons. Primarily, we are wired to survive. And when we restrict, we will then compensate for that restriction by eating in a way that helps us survive. And most of us also may have a set point body size that we're meant to be at. Uh-huh. And it's our in some ways, genetic destiny. Does that mean that there's a certain place where you're eating plenty of vegetables, you're having good quality proteins, you're getting in fruits, you're getting in healthy fats, you're drinking plenty of water. There's going to be a place that everybody lands nutritionally where their body functions well. And that's the key point is to try to shift away from weight being the goal here. And the goal being blood sugar management, cholesterol management, energy levels, (laughs) And, uh, and butyrites. And butyrites. The goal is butyrites. The goal is to get those butyrites. You're, you're just getting excuses to, to no, eat more I'm butter. No, I'm not. Butyrites! Butyrites! Get your butyrites! <laughs> well, thank you, Allison, for letting us know how to stay healthy. Paula? <coughs> I'm good. <laughs> it really sounds bad, that cough there. But, um... Uh, if you want to put down the bag of double stuff Oreos and stop <laughs> coughing and rise up off your deathbed to tell us why your diet's great, can you offer us, our listeners, some advice about nutrition? But when you try to drink nutrition? those, uh, the last crumbs of the Doritos out of the bag, yeah. they can go down the wrong they, pipe. They, That's they, they what really I find. Can. And, so, and then what happens is they get mixed up in the fuzz you get from the cow's udder, and yeah. it, it creates a tickling in your... That's probably what's happening. So are you ready to offer some advice? And uh, as a caveat... <laughs> Before you start offering this advice. Caveat. You I know, w- the cow had a caveat. Yeah. <laughs> before you offer that advice, I'm just advising our listeners, before hearing the Pound Stone advice on nutrition, to turn their volume down to zero. Oh, my advice? So you say don't listen to... But I, what I'm doing is <laughs> I'm capsulizing Allison's advice. So, Paula, what do you now know about nutrition that you can impart to the rest of us? I'm an expert on nutrition now. Diana... Give me a little salty music uh, for my nutrition. Uh, Bodies have internal cues for healthy eating, and it's different for different people. New eaters are very good at knowing when they're full. And this is important. We all deserve to use the bathroom comfortably. Cleanses are the new unnecessary craze. Our livers already do a great job of cleansing. And if Ruth Bader Ginsburg's goes bad for any reason, I'll stop eating double stuff Oreos to prepare myself to donate my liver to her. By the way, our nutritionist didn't say that. I did. I just thought it bore repeating. Uh, Butter contains butyrite, which helps feed gut flora. And there's nothing greater in the spring than a beautiful bouquet of gut flora. (laughs) Okay. Allison Rue is an educator, speaker, clinical nutritionist, and theater artist. Allison, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Diana Morgan, our house band. If you have a question for Paula about nutrition, career advice, or anything, email it to nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. And if you have a theme song for us, email it to the same address, nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. How hard is that? Find us on Facebook, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and follow Paula and me, Adam, on Twitter. Paula, you're always on the road. It's a thing you do, and I know... When you're on that road, you might take a hit off a cow. 
Where are you going to be soon? <laughs> Not a strange cow. On September 29th, I'll be at the Santander Performing Arts Center in Reading, Pennsylvania. And on October 19th, I'm at the Empire Theater in San Antonio, Texas. And you can get all the information, guess where? At my website, www.paulapoundstone.com. You can even buy T-shirts there. And you know, you my T-shirts are remarkably poly, soft. Try poly blend. Yes, they are. Paula, perhaps there's a market for those T-shirts, I'm going to say, in Hungary. Anyway, they seem to be listening to your show there, but here... Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Our show is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by the great Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, flutist and flautist and piccolotist, Diana Morgan. You can find her at dianamorgan.net. Thanks again to our guests, Micah Ponte and Allison Rue. Our security guard at Ray Horseman Studios is Jonah Muscles Glickman. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Paula, you're correct. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.